Before we get back to Door to Eternity, please consider this amazing offer. Do you want the cleanest air possible for your home? Would you like to get rid of bad odors, dust particles in the air, and harmful pathogens in your home? Well, now you can get a NASA-certified air purifying system that has been effective in killing 99.99% of germs on surfaces, like bacteria, fungus, and many viruses that we struggle with today. Get your family protected today, and treat the air and surfaces in your home 24-7, with this Hall of Fame certified space technology. Find out how this air purifying technology, and activated over 99.9% of a specific, highly concentrated airborne virus, in an enclosed setting, in just 3 minutes, at below detectable levels. Go to, fresh.doortoeternity.net, and experience the difference today. Again, that's, fresh.doortoeternity.net. Welcome. You are about to enter the Door to Eternity podcast with your host, Jesse Carter, who provides you with a rare viewpoint of end times prophecy explained by a normal everyday guy who guides you down a simple roadmap toward taking advantage of your eternal destiny. You're standing at your door to eternity. So come on in and join us. Hey, thanks for stopping by again. This is the next episode of Door to Eternity. I'm your host, Jesse Carter. What a great day to be with you. I hope your week has been blessed, and if you haven't listened to the first three episodes yet, then I encourage you to do so where I tell you a little bit about myself, also about what this podcast is all about. I want you to remember three important concepts while we're going through Door to Eternity. The concepts will help you understand prophecy better, especially for us normal folks. So, okay, the first word is knowledge, where you receive information that is important enough to make a decision, and you can perhaps see the outcome of that knowledge with, the next word, understanding. So understanding, of course, is taking action from that knowledge and choosing, yes, making a choice, and then applying it to your life. And, of course, that leads to the last word, which you will gain, and that's wisdom. It's all about taking the application of understanding, changing course in your life for the better, and successfully going forward with it, knowing that you made the right decision for your life and for your eternal destiny. Okay, so that's a little lesson real quick, if you will. Really not a lesson. You know what those words mean. But as you're thinking about all this, you're going to get knowledge from what we're talking about. Then you're going to start to understand what this is all about, this eternal life thing. And it's going to give you wisdom, knowing what to do and how to turn the corner and where to go. Now, I know it's a lot to take in at once, but don't sweat it. You can always go back and listen to everything that we've talked about in each episode again, and you can absorb them even more. You know, I was listening to one of my favorite bands, Kansas, And the song by them is called Miracles Out of Nowhere. And it reminded me as I was contemplating this episode, and I think you'll kind of get some ideas why I was contemplating it and uh, gave me some insight. But here's some of the words. On a crystal morning, I can see the dewdrops falling. Down from a gleaming heaven, I can hear the voice call. When you coming home now, son, the world is not for you. Tell me what's your point of view. Here I am just waiting for a sign. 
asking questions, learning all the time. It's always here. It's always there. It's just love and miracles out of nowhere. And you kind of see where I was looking at there. I was like kind of on the edge of talking about heaven and the voices calling you when you're going to come home. That's essentially what this podcast is all about. We're pointing the way to home, an eternal home. And my point of view is, of course, my own, but also based on Holy Scriptures, too. And then it goes on and kind of catches me there, asking questions, learning all the time. Here I am just waiting for a sign. So this podcast is your sign. That's what I want to get across to you with that uh, little side note there. So this podcast is your sign. It's telling you when you're coming home and I'm pointing the way, hopefully you'll see that. And with wisdom, you will see that. So if you've been with me on the last episode, then allow me to recap what you have learned so far. You know, sometimes I try to make the case of a subject as simple as I can. I've taught college courses in geology. It's a little different because you're using scientific knowledge and basis and not just randomly talking about a subject. But sometimes I do go a little bit too far and I make it kind of like a goulash of a topic. You know what a goulash is, don't you? Well, goulash, or in other words, a hodgepodge mixture of many different ingredients. A little bit of everything. My father and I, we entered a Dutch oven cook-off one time and we won. We made a Hungarian goulash, and they just loved it. And it's easy to make in a Dutch oven, too. Once you have the ingredients, you just throw it in the pot, you know, of course, and you just let it simmer and and turn good. Then we had a dump cake as a dessert to go with that. So I guess you can say I'm a first-place record holder for a cook-off contest. (laughs) This is way back. I think it was 25 years ago. But anyway, side note... With that said, let me lay it out as simply as I can. You can secure your entry through the door to eternity simply by faith. That's the key to entry. Faith that God can rescue you from eternal death into eternal life. The lock on the door is grace. God's grace or his gift is that eternal life with him. Although we don't deserve it on our own merits, because of our sin nature, of course, going way back to Adam and Eve. And we couldn't have resolved that without one person. That is the door to eternity. So faith opens grace, and that gives you access to entry. This is faith in that door that can take you to eternal bliss, or I'm referring to Jesus Christ, who referred to himself as, I am the door. And belief in that door gives you access to eternity. Okay, so that's pretty simple, right? Like I mentioned, Jesus Christ is the actual way or door to eternity who allows you to pass through to the other side of eternity with eternal life. And without going through that door, you are looking at eternal death. That's the only option you have, eternal life or eternal death. Remember, in the last episode, I presented scripture where Jesus said that belief in him gives you that eternal life. So think of that door to eternity through him as your escape hatch, taking you away from eternal death, which is do you and all of us, and that's our normal path, and our escape hatch into the eternal life. Of course, that escape route is now in front of you to accept or reject. 
just like any path that you go down. You can turn left or you can turn right. Which do you choose? Other parts of the Holy Scripture mention that Jesus is your advocate, too. In having slights against God or sins, as some people refer it to, you know, there's judgment. Just like any in civil society, any crime, anything that you do wrong, there's judgment to that. And, of course, there's punishment to one degree or the other. It's the same in the spiritual realm as it is in this physical realm. So you can expect that. So, But how do you get out of that? How do you keep from going to justice that we all deserve? Well, it gets back to Jesus. He is your advocate. He's going to stand before God, the Father, and advocate for you. And how is he going to do that? All he's got to do is say, look, I paid the price for this individual to release them from the prison of eternal death into that of eternal life. I've paid their price. It's like if you went to jail for one reason or another and you got bail and you were released permanently. Someone paid the price to get your release. It's the same concept. And keep that concept in mind as pretty simple, really. This is the only qualification that you need for entry. So you just got to believe in your advocate that he's going to get you off from the judgment and the punishment that we deserve or you deserve or not deserve. Now, here's the part that most people will do to not think about that simple plan. They will justify themselves as good people. Now, who makes that decision? Themselves, of course. They make that decision. Hey, I'm a good person. And then so they reject that free gift. Well, can they pass judgment on themselves? Can they give themselves off from that judgment? I I don't know of anybody that can, but they think they can. And so they say, I'm a good person, so I'm going to heaven. Really? Do you know the way to heaven? Do you know the path? They don't. They're just saying that because they've been told that by society. We've heard often heard that people try to explain away eternity and they'll say, yeah, um, Uncle so-and-so, he died and he's earned his angel wings and he's gone to heaven. Well, first of all, we're totally different from angels and angels really don't have wings except for just a few, but most of them don't have wings. They look like humans, although stronger and smarter. And of course, we will never get wings. And there's a reason for that. The Bible tells us that we will become like Christ or Jesus one day in all of his glory. So we will have bodies like his. And I'm going to talk about that more in another episode of what we will look like what we will experience, the things that you can't even imagine at this point. And I'm going to lay some things out for you so that you can consider that. Another one is that some people will be tricked into believing there is no God who can save them. So why bother? You were just going to die and that's it. So they foolishly never consider any possibilities or a contingent plan. Well, what if I'm wrong? You know, if I'm wrong, then I've foolishly thrown my eternal life away by not thinking about it. So they just say he doesn't exist, and they back it up by science. And here's what society tells us. Well, science is anything but clear of who the Creator is. And now there's a lot of circumstances in the Bible that point to that. And even some of the advances in cellular biology We're finding the cells in our bodies are so complex, beyond calculation. 
you can't even calculate that these cells and, and all the attributes of it will come into play, you know, to create some single life form and it to just keep multiplying on its own. So anyway, so they'll use that as their excuse not to, to even think about it or give their life over to belief in Jesus Christ. Or the last trick is that they'll just procrastinate and say that they will believe in him later and accept his gift later. Sure, they believe that, you know, he's probably going to be the one to help get them to heaven or eternal life. I'll, I'll think about it tomorrow or next week. And another one, because a big trick, some say they were born into a Christian environment or some other religion that's going to get them to heaven. And just naturally, just by being born of that or their family is of that religion or they're a member of a particular church or congregation or whatever, they're naturally going to be going from this life into the next life in eternal bliss without even thinking about the price to be paid for that. So it's another foolish example of just not thinking about the subject and just putting it off, you know. And there are a lot of cults that even say that you will become your own God if you stay with their particular cult or religion. And who gives you that right to become a God? Another God? So then are you really a God or are you a creation? It's a catch-22, poor logic discussion. Here's what Jesus said about these types in Matthew 7, that's chapter 7, verses 23, about seeking into eternal life. And all of those groups that did not put faith and trust in him to deliver them, here's what he's going to say. And it sounds harsh to you, but think about it. He says in that scripture, I never knew you. Depart from me. Then Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 through 27 goes on to explain this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man. Remember, we said about the wisdom. Okay, and Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 through 7 goes on to explain this. Quote, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the torrents raged, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the torrents raged, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its collapse, end quote. Of course, the rock he was referring to was himself. He is your foundation for building your eternal abode. You notice he's mentioned wisdom or wise. Are you the wise one in the story or the foolish one? We all like to be safe in well-constructed buildings, there's a reason they put them on concrete foundations and don't just build it on the sand. It's because it's more vulnerable, right? And it won't take the punishment of this world. And neither will you unless you have that foundation giving you stability and strengthening you through this world as tough and as rough as it is. So, my friends, tomorrow may be too late. When that storm comes, if you don't have that foundation... It's collapse time, if you think of the house analogy. So, my friends, tomorrow may be too late for you. 
if you have not already accepted his free gift of grace, because when those storms come and you don't have that foundation, the world will make your life collapse. You know, it's kind of odd thinking about this house thing in that scripture. As a Christian, we are taught, and I'm not trying to get churchy on you. I mean, if you don't know the Christian faith, I, I get it. But the bodies that we have are referred to as a tent or as a temple, even, that houses the Holy Spirit in us. And that's why Christians are a little different, because they're, the joy is within them. Everything is with them. Their lives want to change. Everything about this is like your this old fleshly body is a tent right now. And one day we will go on to a better abode. That's what the scriptures talk about. So to accept this gift of eternal life, what do you do now? Well, pretty simple again. And I'm not trying to get churchy or anything. For anybody wishing to start their new life, it is as simple as talking to God and asking him for that gift. Simple. You may say, Jesse, talk to God. Yes, remember in the last episode, and I'll tell it to you again and again, I spoke about why he created you. He created me. And that's to be friends with him, right? God created mankind, man, woman, to be friends with him. You can't say that about the angels. They're servants of his. And they have specific responsibilities, of course, as angels. And they were created from way back. So to speak to a friend, how do you do it? You often spill out your thoughts and your heart's desires to someone. You know, you talk to them from your heart, basically. Well, it's the same here with God. Just speak audibly. Go somewhere quiet where you can do it. Nobody can overhear you where it's just you and him in a direct conversation. Then you ask him for this free gift of his grace. You ask him to take you to be with him in eternity. And that you tell him that you understand that sin now separates you from him and you want to discard that sin forever simply by believing in him, that is Jesus Christ, to save you from the eternal death that you deserve. That's it. You know, you're just talking to him, you're expressing your desires, and you come to him with a needy heart. Some people might say a broken heart, but I don't know that you have to have it broken. You just have to be needy. You just have to put your faith in that trust that he will deliver you. So express that you have faith that Jesus has laid down his life, you know, on the cross and paid for your sins when he died as that sacrifice to wash away your sins making you sinless, or now acceptable before God. You know, I'm, I'm trying to not get complicated here, but you can see what I'm trying to go with this. Just have a conversation. Just talk to him. Pour your heart out. Look, I don't want to go to, well, hell, as some people might say, or I don't want to experience eternal death without you. Now, as you're talking to him, don't expect to hear his voice, of course, <laughs> through your ears. Rather, he will begin to speak through your spirit, directly into your heart or your soul, you know, your personhood. And you'll be walking down the road after you've done this. It's crazy. It's or not crazy. It's it's astounding. You'll be walking down the road and something will prick your heart. And, and I mean that in a good way. Pinch or grab, you know, and it will say, you know, look at that beautiful flower. I wonder how God made that. Normally you would maybe do that. You wouldn't bring him into the picture. But after you do this, he begins to work in you. It's a strange concept, 
Many songs have been sung about it, but few understand it. And you might not at first either. But as you grow in, like I said, that knowledge, that understanding, and that wisdom, you'll see what I'm talking about. So you'll immediately, or pretty immediately, start to feel a tremendous burden lifting from your life. You will feel, no joke, freer and have more joy. You may see this immediately, or it may take days or weeks, depending on how much of a burden is on your life right now, but it will come if you were sincere as you asked it. Now, I said that word sincere. Sincere, Jesse? Yeah, I mean something like contrite, contrition. means opening up your heart and really meaning what you said in that request, in that genuine manner of that request, you know, for your eternal life. We're not talking about saying some rote prayer that by just by saying it like a spell will achieve results. No, you go to him in a gentle way with your hands open wide, you know, requesting something, submitting your request and your life to him. By this means, most assuredly, he will give you his grace because that's who he is, the giver of life and more abundantly. So I want you to go to our resources section at door2eternity.com and look for the video called, Will Sinners Be Raptured? In that video, Pastor Jimmy Evans explains this whole subject fully. Yes, it's a little bit churchy the way he does it, and it sounds, if you're a little bit unfamiliar with it, you might not understand what he's saying, but you might get the drift of it. You might get the main points that he's trying to convey and that is Jesus is your grace, your gift from God. In that video, he points out the story about the two thieves on either side of Jesus as he was hanging on the cross, and it was portrayed in the book of Luke chapter 23, verses 42 through 43. One was scornful, of course. He was mean and nasty, a sign of a hardened, cold heart of rejection, The other was of a loving, contrite, and broken heart who longed to connect with his Creator. Who did Jesus say to the man with a broken heart? Quote, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. End quote. He will say the same to you if you ask it of him and mean it with all of your heart. That's the key. No standard prayer, no nothing that you've read out of some book, or no hope. You you see what the two different spectrums of people are in that story. On the one hand, the one thief discounts his ability to save him wholeheartedly. On the other, he's putting his trust in him and hoping for the best. That's what you need to do, too. So in that story, I believe he was also referencing a previous statement he had made as written in John chapter 10, verses 10 through 11. Again, he says, Quote, I am the gate. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it in all its fullness. End quote. So you can see it kind of takes you around the simple concept of getting to know your creator and conversing with him and he won't disappoint you if you ask it of him. No, this prayer or talk with God is not something that you ask of a priest or a reverend or a bishop or a rabbi or a cardinal or a pope or a president 
or any leader of some religious sect. They have no power to bring you to be with your Creator other than the Creator Himself. So stop putting your faith and hope in fallen men or even fallen women. They can't help you even though they ask for your obedience to them and they make wild promises. Well, you know they're just beings like you. They can't supernaturally send you or help you get to the hereafter. If that was the case, they would have already been there themselves if they knew how to do it, and they would have left you behind long ago, to be honest with you. That's the heart of man, selfishness. So these people, because they're still here on this planet, you can bet they don't know how to get themselves or you to the afterlife. So don't put your trust in any of them. Only God himself can answer your questions on that and take you to eternal life. Again, there's no exact prayer to use in speaking to God and asking for his grace or his favor of eternal life. Sure, there are certain elements of your quest, as is often given by Jesus, as an example of what is historically referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Or as he points out in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, let me just read it for you. If you haven't heard the Lord's Prayer, this is it. Basically, really, this prayer is more of a template or a sample to a daily prayer that helps you to keep focus on doing right by others and being in sync with God himself. It's not the kind of introductory conversation you want to have at first with that contrite heart. By the way, if you ever want to read these scriptures later that I reference, I might suggest that you go to BibleHub.com where it has several Bible versions and it cross-references other similar scriptures. Now, I don't mind one bit and neither will God if you go back and re-listen to this segment of what to say to him as you are speaking. You know, it's nothing wrong with prepping yourself. He'll hear you even as you prep yourself, you know. I'm finding out every object in outer space has its own frequency. And if you adjust it just right so that human ears can hear it, it is totally different from each other. So the Bible talks about the heavens singing, and now we can hear it. Through science, we can hear their frequencies, their hummings. And people say, well, you can't hear anything in space. Doesn't matter. That wavelength, that frequency is getting to Earth if we just had the right way to capture it, which now we do. Anyway, the heavens speak of him and all of their glory. So now here's proof that you're sincere. You wonder, Jesse, how do I know I'm doing the right thing or saying the right thing? Well, here's proof that you're sincere and have conviction of the heart for this giant decision you are making. Remember, you either go left or right, eternal life, eternal death. It's your choice, so you are making a decision here. That you also do the first thing that he asks for you. What does he ask for you? He says, if you love me, you will obey me. Now, don't get harsh thinking that God is going to put the hammer down on you by that phrase. No, it's just like if you have children and you're teaching them, don't go out into that road. You're going to get hit by a car, okay? Don't play in the road. Watch before you enter the road. On and on. You know, you're teaching them over and over for their own safety, for their own good, so they won't get hurt or they won't get killed either way. That's what that scripture means. If you love me, you will obey me. And he's going to give you some truths. I'll lay out some here. 
That means, when he's saying that, that means repenting of your sins and turning the other way. You know, we've talked about sins. That keeps you from him, keeps you separated from him. So you want to turn the other way. And listen, it's hard. I know, very hard. But you want to try, right? You do, because you love him. Or you're starting to love him. You're starting to think that he has your best interest at heart, okay? Just like a loving parent would be to keep their child out of the streets from getting harmed. So you'll stumble your way along, like all of those who have done the same thing you're doing right now, but we just keep at it and keep persevering and keep overcoming. The Apostle Paul in the Holy Scriptures talks about this at length. He says that he does things that he doesn't want to do. And he doesn't want to do things that he does do. And it's just an inevitable part of this growth out of this world into the future. If you want to be proficient at anything, whatever it is, you want to be proficient at it, you know, whether it's skating or playing football or hitting badminton, whatever it is, you know, swimming, it means you've got to do stuff over and over and over and over and keep at it and keep getting better and keep doing better. And you'll never get to where you want to be, right, in any of these sports. You're never going to sit back and go, okay, I've achieved what I want to do. No, you won't. You'll just keep on trying to do your best. Well, repentance is a gracious decision of your will, of course. You use your will. You make a decision. I'm going to turn the other way. That's what repenting of your sins mean. We've discussed that. So we know that he gave up himself so that you might live. He paid the penalty. He paid the price for your entry into eternal life. Now you simply show your appreciation, your thankfulness, by trying to be right with him as his friend. If a friend does something good for you, you don't slap them in the face, right? Or you don't turn the other way and walk away from them. That's an insult. It's the same thing. So just think of him as a person. He is. He has his own personhood. And we'll discuss more about who God is without getting too churchy, hopefully. So that's it for today's episode. For the TheDoorToEternity.com, this is Jesse Carter. And I'll say, by his grace, take care of yourself. Did you know that Door to Eternity is a listener-supported program? Besides the small funding we get promoting some of our product offerings, Door to Eternity is supported by generous tips and spare change offered by our listeners. For tipping us, we do ask that you consider using Zelle as a way to quickly and easily tip us. Zelle is totally free to use and found at over 300 major banks, probably including yours. And 100% of the money comes directly to us. On your bank's online or mobile app, look for a button or link that says, Send money with Zelle, usually spelled in all caps. Click it and just enter an email address of the recipient. That's us. And the amount you wish to send. And in five seconds, it will be received. Our email to use is doortoeternity at outlook.com. The bonus of this is that your name will never be recorded by us. You've heard about recent hacks and names being doxxed and exposed? Well, with Zelle, hacking won't happen from our end, since it's all done within your own bank's encrypted system. You will, however, get a receipt or notice from your bank that it was sent successfully to the recipient, which is us. Our email again to use with Zelle is doortoeternity at outlook.com. You can also go to doortoeternity.com forward slash 
support us for additional means of support. The wise saying, ask and you shall receive, is how we will boldly ask for your help. Thanks for your consideration of support.